2: Connecting to the big show.
0: In three, two, one. We are saying as long as there is breath in our bodies, we will not forget
4: you. If we don't deal with this issue now, the problem will get bigger.
0: The lack of empathy. These women need to get over themselves.
2: We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we
0: just talk? Call 1850-715-996.
2: Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696.
0: Email opinion at
2: 96fm.ie. The lines are live.
0: Let's kickstart the conversation.
2: This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
0: On Cork's 96fm.
4: 1850 715996. Jordan I want you to think about this morning. A couple of things. The traditions that you will not let go. The traditions that have been there since you were a child and you still hold on to them. And they'll prize them from your cold, dead hands. The simple traditions of... Christmas Eve and today and tomorrow and all that. And the movie that you just have to see. We were only chatting last night with and the Queen Bee. We were watching a bit of television. And yeah, there might have been a glass of wine involved. Come on, it's Christmas week. Give us a break here. But um, she was saying, I need to get the RTE guide uh, or one of the TV guides. I need to find out when Willy Wonka is on. And I don't mean that abomination of a remake that they did with was it Johnny Depp that did that one that, that was an abomination no the original one with Gene Wilder and the Umpalumpas and all those when is that on? so is there a movie that you just have to see over Christmas you just Christmas isn't Christmas unless you've seen this particular movie have a think about that for me during the morning while we check in on various various things in the run-up to Christmas and just have general conversation, which is what we're here for. Let's pop down to the city on this uh, Thursday morning, 23rd day of December. Owen O'Sullivan is president of Corpus Association. I think, Owen, you've just been for a wander through the English market. You were down for a scove. How is it down there this morning?
5: There, good morning, PJ. How are you? It's, there's, a great, there's a great buzz in... in uh, the English market there this morning. I was in a own town, spoke to a couple of our members. The, like the lead up to Christmas this year has been quite good. Mm. Um, it, it has been a, qu- a quite disappointing one for our hospitality members. It's been very difficult. But but in, in whole PJ, it's been, it's been very positive and people are supporting local again this year. Mm. Last year, we saw a lot of people come out and they voted with their feet last year and came in and supported local businesses. And it's happening again this year, which is great to see. And I I I would encourage people to get into town. Um, it's very accessible, people. It's not it's not crazy busy. It's it's building. There's a nice nice atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's safe. So look, it it has been difficult, but overall it's been quite positive. It's mm-hmm. it's been positive for retailers. Uh, You can see like the English market this morning was very, very busy. So overall, very good.
4: I think a lot of people also did this year, didn't they, Own an online option for people or a click and collect option. So you could still shop locally. But if you wanted to be safer than coming in and physically meeting people, you could do that.
5: Yeah. So a lot of businesses would have set up an online platform like a click and collect option. uh, And they had that infrastructure in place. Coming into this year So And they were used to it Like there was a lot of Learning last year Coming into Christmas So They were used to The click and collect It's like second nature Now to people That they jump online They put in their orders And they come in and collect Or it's delivered So look there There is that uh, facility for people mm. to shop online as well from the safety of their homes. So, but, but still, people are out and about, and still, people like to come into town yeah. um, and do their shopping. So, overall, it's been quite there, good.
4: There is no online experience, no matter how good it is, can replace the smells of the English market on Christmas week. It's just not you couldn't you couldn't bottle it. Uh, stock. Did General Owen, what are you hearing? For example, we're hearing an awful shortage of last-minute wrapping paper. I know these are first-world problems, but it's there.
5: Yes. Yeah, look, I, I think uh, I, I'm in the wholesale food business and we're faced with challenges uh, relating to stock every day.
6: Yeah.
5: Uh, there are, like With the COVID brought uh, issues with manufacturing, factories were closed down due to the spread of COVID. Uh, and then you had Brexit implications also, which all hit us in, in in one go which made it very very difficult so there's a lot of stuff going on uh to try and get product onto shelves and, and into the hands of our customers uh and we've fa- we've faced and overcome a lot of issues uh but it's still you can see, still see the effects and there's a, a supply and demand issue uh it's it's very difficult to get product out of china at the moment yeah it's very difficult to get containers moving and it's very expensive So look, that has implications, and it does affect the shopper.
4: I was talking to a guy last week, actually, about containers. He's a fellow who ships in. He actually ships in um, stone for worktops, and he was saying that the price of the just uh, just the actual price of shipping the container has gone up four and five times in twelve months.
5: Yeah, you're looking like some some of the pricing we're seeing is is anything from fifteen thousand to. 30,000 euros to get a container from from China to to Cork, which is extortionate. And, and what was that all say, or 4,000,
4: 12, yeah, yeah, 12, 12, 4, 12 months ago? Like, and that, yeah, that, yeah. That's going to so, continue on because of the shortage. There's a shortage of containers even. So all those supply chain, COVID alone
5: isn't causing that. It's just a supply chain mm. rush. It's a supply chain rush. No, no, obviously COVID has impa- impacted that, PJ, and, and same with Brexit. It's just slowed up the supply, and it's very, you can't recover a supply chain if there's an issue. You can't, it's very difficult to recover. So you're chasing your tail. Um, but I think in, in the main, uh, it's been, it's, we've, we've overcome it, and in the main, it's been quite good. Um, like, there's a lot of challenges in, a, across every industry over the last two years. But look, we're still here. Yeah, uh, we're still we're still looking for people to come in and support local businesses and get people into the city. So look if you're kinda thinking about coming into town, jump in the car, come on in, it's been fantastic. The yeah. city looks amazing. The Christmas lights glow, the Ferris wheel, it's been really, really positive. Yes. And even if people wanted to come in there's still the outdoor option and there's heated seating outdoors if they don't want to go indoors. So look, I think if people are half thinking about coming into town, jump in the car and come on in or get the bus and come in and support local businesses this year because we do need your support.
4: And I'm so looking forward to finish here tomorrow for a wander down around the streets just before we, we head off for the Christmas. Oh, and to you and all your members uh, for your assistance and your con- contribution during the year, we thank you. Just one last question. I mean, do you think people have been more prepared or has there been last
5: minute panic? I think there's always last-minute panic at Christmas. I think people like it, it's hard to judge, how, especially with the the announcement last Friday. It, you're, it's hard to judge whether it's going to be very busy yeah. or not. And uh, I think it, it's it there's always last-minute panic, but overall. Um, I think I'm somebody who likes to go into into town on Christmas Eve and do do my bit of shopping then. it's Other people like to plan. Some people are, are, are buying for next year, next Christmas. So, look, I think there's always going to be an element of uh, panic when it comes to Christmas.
4: All right, listen, happy Christmas to you and Thank all you, of the Peter. members. Take care. It's Thanks been a difficult year. Sport. Hope for better times in 2022. Thank you very much. Owen Sullivan, President of the Cork Business Association, 1850, 71599. Says, yeah, what kind of a shopper are you? The joke here, it's been, like Simon is off now until after the new year. And as he was going out <laughs> the other day, he said, right, time for the shopping. Oh, you last minute. No, God, no. God no. What do you like I love all these people who say to you you know you meet them in maybe what middle of November and they have a smug look on their face and they go, Ash, I have it all done now. I've it all done by the turkey. You have in your Aunt Mary got it all done. Because you're the one who'll be running around with steam coming out your backside at four o'clock on the twenty third of December, or worse still at three o'clock on Christmas Eve, going, I forgot something for Auntie Nora. So, we're all last minute shoppers. Is there anybody, though, listening to me this morning, who's got absolutely nothing left to buy, except maybe a pint of milk? Is there anyone that, who's got, I mean, nothing, nothing left to buy, except maybe a, maybe a pint of milk? Would there be anyone like that? I, I very, very much doubt it. Kate says she saw a present wrapped in newspaper, tied with a big red ribbon. It looked lovely, and in these times, far more environmentally friendly. Yeah, Mary and Kate, but maybe they just ran out of, of wrapping paper. I know F- Fiona was going around yesterday, was it Man Point? She was around looking for wrapping Couldn't get any wrapping paper. Couldn't get any ra- there, there seems to be a shortage of last-minute wrapping paper for prezzies. Come here, Christmas morning, if you're here. With us, Christmas morning, and we've got a chance to bring you a bit closer to those who won't be making it home this Christmas. And unfortunately, that number's gone up in the last few days because of this damned Omicron. People are testing positive, getting a positive antigen, and they're just saying, right, I'm going to stick stay at home and mind people and keep people safe and all that kind of character, which is the right thing to do, by the way. But you can join Shane Buck's from 11 o'clock Christmas Day for the Christmas Day Cracker speak to your nearest to dearest wherever they are in the world doesn't matter doesn't matter if they're in Canberra doesn't matter if they're in Johannesburg doesn't matter if they're in Shannon and they can't get here wherever they are let us know email the details to reception at 96fm.ie and then join Shane for the Christmas Day Cracker from 11 only on Cork's 96FM
2: Can we just talk
4: Opinion line
2: on courts 96 FM with McCarthy
0: Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the
2: walk. CMIG.ie 96
4: FM. This time yesterday morning, we were talking about the awful incidents in Carrigaline at the weekend, and that's gone before the courts now. So we'll say no more about it, no more about the incident itself. But Dara and Neary, good morning.
3: Good morning, PJ. how are you?
4: Good. You you want to do something?
3: Yeah, well, it was a spur of the moment decision. I was thinking about it all weekend as I think um anybody who's from Carrigaline and loves Carigline was probably thinking about it all weekend and sad about it really. Yeah. And um I just thought Carrigaline is better than that. Um I moved to Carrigaline when I was sixteen and I, I loved the place. Um loved the village, loved the people there and um, just getting tired of hearing our town's name on the media for negative reasons, really. Yeah. And um, so I just put a post on the Cardinal Notice Board last night just saying, look, I own a local business. I'd like to do something nice for these Cardi. Um, Would anyone else like to join me? and it it kind of grew arms and legs really i wasn't i really thought maybe i would put in my product and maybe three or four other businesses and we'd get a couple of hampers together and drop them off i really thought that would be the extent of it um but it's been shared wide and as of this morning i have 15 16 local businesses who want to help out and do something for them and i i think it's more just to show that cargoline is better than this yeah um and there's more people behind the Guardian than maybe they're feeling right now yeah yeah so that was it, it just grew arms and legs really yeah um i lived there for 10 years i know big... the
4: spirit of the place Dara, and and i'm not at all yeah. surprised that there that there is an an outpouring like this but it's enormous it's brilliant
3: it's been yeah um i had said you know you have an online shoe company Dot. correct? Um, right that's it. ShoeDlam.ie. And I had said, look, I would like to um, gift these uh, ladies a, um, a pair of shoes to deliver to their home. Um, would anyone else like to follow suit? And um, if you wouldn't mind, I'll give you an idea of just the amount of businesses. And this is just since 4pm yesterday. Please do, because
4: I'd love to. I'd, yeah, please do.
3: Absolutely. So these are all local to Carrigaline or surrounding areas. There's Herains and Garvin. Amy there is going to do uh, hampers or give her time. Craft Aroma and Carabini, Cake Land by Anita, she's in Waterpark. Shagwear Accessories also in Corribini. Panama uh, and Pearl Millinery. Um, there's three leather purses put away by Fiona Corcoran in the Caroline Shopping Centre. Mm-hmm. Hair by Humphrey at the top of the village said he'd contribute. Last night then, I had um, an email from Brian Drynan from Perry Street Market Cafe saying he will give three 50 euro vouchers he'd like to throw in. Um, then Blooms by Brenda is going to do three bouquets of flowers. Um, Emma Green, who's a local muscular injuries therapist, said she will give the ladies one session each. And Sharon Connell um, from High Definition Brows is also going to do vouchers. But on top of that, there were so many emails from people, um, just private citizens, of Carrick Line saying like, "I'd like to contribute in any way I can. Will you take money?" Which obviously I don't think we can do. And even one girl, uh, Don McCarthy, um, messaged me saying, "Look, I've had this gifted to me a hot tools volumizer, like a hair tool, and she said I have no use for it. Would you like this as well?" Oh my so God. it was just really, it just grew legs. I really thought that I'll just write this in up a few hampers and up we go and it has exploded actually so it's I'm getting a bit nervous now I feel like it's getting a bit bigger than me <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um well
4: you know somebody somebody re- will help you with that somebody will help you with yeah. the next stage like I'm sure th- th- even the Lions Club or someone down there will help you with the distribution to help you like we can if you haven't been in touch already we can help you get in touch with with Padraig at the Gather at Dentro Association. And we can make sure Wonderful, that yeah. we can we can do that. We can, but that is just brilliant, Tara Anne. That's
3: yeah. Magic. I think it's really um, that's really what Cargoline is about there now, and um, I think it gives us a lot to be proud of this morning. And um, it is Christmas time as well, so it's probably not a coincidence that at this time people, you know, especially businesses, I had in mind to do something at Christmas to yeah. say that we're very grateful. So I'm glad that it's this that we're doing, this opportunity came our way. Um, it's just yeah, so an amazing show
4: please. of decency from the people of Carrigaline, but, yeah. you know, one that I'm not one remotely foot. surprised by, not at all surprised by.
3: Yeah, it, right. Nor, am, well, I actually, not nor well am I, actually.
4: Well done to you having the idea, and if anybody wants to read more or offer something or just to offer help with getting it to the to the, Garda- the, uh, the Notice Board on Facebook.
0: That's it. That's
4: we'll where I posted
3: just all. the idea yesterday and it just kind of grew from
4: there. Fantastic. All right. Isn't. Happy Christmas yeah. to everybody down there, to the incredibly kind people and particularly business people of Carrigline, Dara and Neary, thanks for that. That's that's just brilliant. If if there's a need for them to be put in touch with people like Padraig at the GRA or others, we can we can do that um, just so they can get the stuff. And you know what? Talking there about five minutes ago to Odo Sullivan, Um, from the Business Association. Owen is a Carrigaline man. And uh, Owen is the son of another great Carrigaline man, sadly no longer with us. Uh, My very, very dear and much-missed friend, James O'Sullivan. And uh, this is the kind of thing that James O'Sullivan would have done. And this is the kind of thing that James and his Lions Club people would have done a number of years ago. So that's a little, that's beautiful touching a gesture for Christmas week from Dara Ann thank you 185715996 Ronan wants to know anyone watch the toy shop yesterday is it suitable for an 11 year old well of course they do Lon- Ronan of course they do what you say they do of course they do why wouldn't they Noel says Willy Wonka's not on this year. Oh, the missus will be distraught. It's got to be somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. Even if so anyone... (laughs) I could nearly run into one of the shops and try and get a DVD for her. (laughs) She'd be distraught without it. Noel says Willy Wonka isn't on this year. The original Mary Poppins isn't on. I have the RTE guide and have all my movies marked out. Are there still people who do that? Who go through the RTE guide and go tick, 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 tick. There used to be a thing you had years ago uh, when you had a video recorder. You could get a scanner and you could scan a little number in the RTE guide and the thing would set your video. It never worked, never worked at all. You'd be better off putting money in the front of it. But uh, the original Mary Poppins apparently is not on. On wrapping paper, Little, Han- little in Churchfield has boxes of wrapping paper. Okay, thank you. Uh, on vaccines, Dalton's, Dalton's Pharmacy, North Main Street, are doing walk-in booster appointments today until 1 o'clock. And they've asked us to let you know. 1850
2: Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance
0: Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork loves the arts
2: We do too
0: That's why we bring you The Arts House
2: Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM
0: Hi, it's Elmery Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect
2: book to get stuck into The Arts House Sunday
0: mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes Make the perfect chip at home with their chipping potatoes Once you taste them, you'll be back for more now
2: in
4: store. Corks 96 FM. Just a two word message on wrapping paper. Deals, hon! <laughs> There's loads of it out there. You just have to go look for it. 1850 715 996. Some movie suggestions. People can't find these movies on. There's ways and means, but I'm not allowed to tell you. There's ways and means to find any movie, but I'm not allowed to tell you what they are. Okay? Popcorn dime. Anyway, don't, don't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. 1857 15996. What is the movie? What is the movie you will not miss or you cannot bear to miss at Christmas? They did a survey actually in the UK of the favourite movies. And one movie comes out on top, like by a country mile ahead of others. The, the top 12 movies of all time. And it's not Home Alone. Anyway, eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. long before you go to watch a movie on Christmas Day, there's the dinner and the guests and the people calling round. And yes, you know, even at these times when we need to be extra, extra careful, assuming that we're all safe to get together and safe to have our dinner together and a few drinks and get together with our family, assuming we can do it safely, then we go ahead with it. And it can be a very stressful few hours. It sure can. Anna Lehan, life coach, is with me. Anna, it's a brilliant day, and it's a day that everybody looks forward to, but it can bring its own little stresses. Good morning.
7: Good morning, PJ. How are things?
4: Great. Happy Christmas to you.
7: Good, good. It can. Thank you. You too. you too. It can. It can be. It can be an amazing day, and it can be so wonderful, but I think we can get ourselves so wrapped up in the smaller things that aren't really that important, and you can kind of you know, you can let it change your Christmas Yeah. by getting stressed about the small little things that really, at the end of the day, are they that important? You know, does the place have to be absolutely sparkling? Do you have to have, you know, everything lined up perfectly on the Christmas table, the Christmas crackers? You know, these are the things we get ourselves worked up about. And like, do they really matter? No, they don't. Yeah.
4: No, they don't. It, the, the simple things are what matter. But there are ways that you can... Yeah get the day itself to pass off smoothly, just a little bit of planning, what would they be?
7: Yeah, yeah, a little bit of planning. I think not getting, uh, like I said, getting sucked into the smaller details, like taking a step back and being like, okay, what's really important here? Like, what do I need to happen tomorrow or on Christmas Day to be for it to be a good day, you know what I mean. What are the things I need to let go of? Because you can't control everything, and trying to worry about controlling everything is is a recipe for disaster. Mm. So focusing on the things you can control, and a lot of the things you can control without getting too, you know, psychology focused, are your mindset and the way you're looking at things. You know like if you expect people to behave a certain way and if you expect there not to be any heated conversations, things like that, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. So if you can kind of, I suppose, control what you can control, focus on how you're responding to people set boundaries like you know sometimes at Christmas people can be quite easily triggered and there can be this kind of comparison hole that we go down you know you're meeting family and it's like and what are you doing and you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. these conversations start to happen and it can kind of be a place where people start to feel a little bit less than because okay you know they don't own a house and now their sister owns a house or they're not married and you know all of these things you can start to go down that kind of comparison comparison hole uh, so I think like focus on that. Don't don't let yourself go down there. Don't say, Oh, I should be married this Christmas or I should have this and I should be that. You know, focus on what you have and don't worry about what you don't have. And don't be comparing yourself to other people, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I think that is a huge thing really. Yeah.
4: COVID is going I'm, to rear oh, its sorry. head in, COVID's going to rear its head in conversation. It shouldn't, but it will. Yeah. But it will. It will. You can skillfully deflect away from it.
7: You can, yeah. And do you know what I would say is literally exactly what you just said. Deflect. Like say, do you know what? I'd actually rather not talk about it. I feel like we're inundated with it. Wouldn't it be lovely to have a day where we don't talk about it? Just say it straight out. And I think that kind of comes down to boundaries across the board. You know, if somebody is bringing up something that you're not comfortable talking about, be it COVID or anything else, actually saying it like I actually I don't really feel that comfortable talking about that in this setting or I don't really want to discuss that today just say it straight out like it'll be uncomfortable for a second to say it but you know you're entitled to say it you're entitled to put that boundary in place and say actually I don't want to talk about that and like it's not the end of the world and people will respect you for it so I think yeah Covid will, will definitely come up but I don't think it needs to be a conversation that we talk about all day. And of course, there'll be the court, the little bit of it, you know, strange times and all this kind of thing, mm. you know, it's that we're me. living in and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't have to take over and it doesn't have to ruin the day. And of course, I'm so mindful that there are people who are isolating them, that their Christmas fans have completely changed. And I'm not, you know, I'm not taking away from that. I'm really not. But I suppose if you're in a situation where you can be with people, you don't have to let it ruin, ruin the day. And you don't have to let... It, you know, take over the entire conversation for the entire day and kind of, you know, bring the tone down because we've had a full, what, nearly two years of it now, PJ, at this stage.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: We I, could do a break from it. Well,
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I was only t- t- thinking about it myself. I mean, I'm finished here tomorrow for uh, for the Christmas. Yeah. And okay, tomorrow's a very special show for, for Christmas Eve. So it'll hopefully be as close to a COVID free zone as we can get. But I just yeah, I don't want to know about it. I just don't want to know. Yeah. Yes. yeah oh
7: absolutely and like I, I to be perfectly honest with you I stopped listening to the news a long time ago because and I, I listen here and there and I'll get bits and pieces just just so I have the basic knowledge but you know you can consume so much COVID information and like is it doing you any good you know mm. like I think we can just get an information overload and I even mean that across the board you know with social media and you know, constantly reading news apps and things like that. Do you need all of that information? Like, what is it doing for your Mm. for your mindset? Like I noticed at the very, very start of Covid that I would pick up my phone and I would see a notification about Covid and I would get this like wave of anxiety. And I was like, okay, whoa, I need to I need to disable the notifications because that's not doing me any good. Mm. And it's you know, it's the same with with Covid conversations. Are they doing us any good? We're talking about the same thing, and the restrictions are constantly changing, and the guidelines are constantly changing. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're just having the same conversations over and over again, and I just don't think that it's helpful. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, definitely, just putting that boundary in place. Yeah.
4: For for people who are not there and and can't make it for that or any other reason, do we ring them on the day?
0: I
7: would. Personally speaking, but I think it's up to the individual. Uh, I spent a couple of Christmases living abroad and I think if I hadn't been able to speak to home, it would have been much tougher than it needed to be. While it was tough, you know, on FaceTime with people, I still think it was important for me, but it's a very much a personal thing. Some people might want to and I think to respect that for people, you know, Christmas it can, can be a difficult time for people and it can be a triggering time for people. So if somebody doesn't want to do the, the the FaceTime or whatever it might be, respect that, mm. you know, like it's their choice and um, it's their Christmas, you know, just because you feel you need to, to zoom them into the conversation doesn't mean that's what they need. And I think you need to respect their needs as well. All right. Listen. So Yeah, very much an individual. Good to talk to you. And, and one more thing, yes, give yourself permission to eat whatever you want. Oh, oh, listen. <laughs> I can't. Um, this my pet peeve is when people say, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. I shouldn't be eating that. Eat whatever you want and don't give yourself a hard time about it.
4: I don't need permission, and I keep saying to everybody, "There's no."
7: Permission. I don't need permission. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. Anna, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, one hundred percent. Always good to talk. <laughs> Thanks,
7: really, PJ. Take Have a merry Christmas.
4: You too. Take care. That's Anna Lehan, uh, life coach. Yeah, finished here tomorrow, and don't want to hear about the damn lurgy uh, for for at least a few days. Uh, this time last year was different. There was still a kind of a slight novelty thing to it and Christmas was going to be badly affected and all of that but I really don't want to Uh, but we are going to listen one more time to some advice about it because uh, we are being asked to look after ourselves as best we can over the festive season and look after those around us and be as careful as we can of this Omicron which is shooting through the community like a dose of salts um, and, and we need to be concerned about its spreadability and how to mind those around us and all that. There are there are vaccination clinics on right up to six and seven, maybe eight o'clock this evening all over the place. Then they close for tomorrow, Christmas Day and Stephen's Day. They're back open on Monday. But there are vaccinations to be had today if you want to get yourself a booster. And with the booster, it works really fast. Uh, also, there's plenty. I was just looking in in a Tesco's this morning. There are plenty of antigen tests to be had around the place, and they are in chemists and they are in supermarkets. And if they have a CE mark on the box, they're they're pretty much good to go. And and once you know why and how you're using them and what you're using them for then you're good and I have a clip to play I'll be talking to Dr. Nick Flynn in a little while but I have a clip to play of the great John Campbell who's been one of our most wonderful contributors on COVID uh, throughout the year I have a clip from John on exactly what an antigen test is for because some people are confused about it so I'll bring all that to you uh, and uh, we'll chat with with Nick about vaccines and testing and where you go if you need a test next Can you do a seek and find for me lint? Reindeers, I need one. Lint Reindeers. Now, it was the other night I was there. We were down in Aldi and Douglas, and they had a few of them. There was a few of them in Aldi and Douglas. There was a few of them in Tesco's in Douglas. If that's of any help to you, um, Lint Reindeers. I know you have the weakness for lint Rain, there's I have a weakness for chocolate centies, and I have a few of them at home. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Story coming in uh, from the health service. The head, the head of test and trace, Damien McCallion at HSE, has said that new advice will be issued to vaccination centres so that people will be allowed to wear the N95 masks in the centre rather than being told to remove them and wear uh, other what they might call lower-grade coverings, because there were complaints of people wearing the N95 mask and being asked to change it for a regular sort of blue surgical mask or medical mask, which is considered a, an inferior piece of kit. But that's been changed now. If you want to wear your N95 to the vaccination centre, you certainly can. Right, let's catch up for the last time this year with uh, Dr. Nick Flynn. Nick, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. And we'd hoped against hope, Nick, that we wouldn't be here, but but here we are, and um, and it's it's a it's a different scenario. We're worried about Omicron, but we're kind of used to minding ourselves, and if we can keep doing that, we should be okay. Would I be right?
8: Yeah, I mean, for sure, you you'd be right, PJ. The um the the, the virus. In its, I suppose its main aspects hasn't changed, although the Omicron variant, clearly, as I'm sure you have other guests on speaking about, it, is a stickier, more contagious virus. It's easier to catch. And just on that point that you were talking about there with the N95 or the FFP2 masks, um, like the, the surgical masks and cloth masks are very good at protecting others. But they don't protect the wearer and for people find that they're going to be going to, you know, indoor places, maybe shopping places or um, other kind of indoor areas where they won't be able to socially isolate or where where there might be virus circulating, my advice to them would be to consider wearing an N95 or an FFP2 mask in those situations. At the start of the pandemic, there was lots of, I think, mask confusion and uh, there was uh, various different advice that, you know, wearing masks might increase your risk because you would touch your face to take off the mask and you, you shouldn't wear a surgical mask, you shouldn't wear an fp 2 mask because they were needed in healthcare settings. That was really a supply and demand issue and it was very practical advice from the public health uh, authorities trying to spare masks for those who are most at risk but there's no shortage of masks now and although the, um, the N95s and FFP2 masks are somewhat more expensive yeah. i think when you find yourself going to be in a high risk situation and that would be say public transport or in an uh, indoor shopping uh, area where you won't be able to socially distance when well, my advice to people is where they can't to consider an ffp2 mask especially if they're medically vulnerable yeah. so it, it, i mean it, we've been it before it's all part of many many um uh, mitigation measures, you know, ventilation, social distancing, decrease your social contacts, vaccination, very important. But the masks, and, and I would recommend the the best quality mask that you can access if you're going to be in a tricky situation. Yeah.
4: Now, in terms of testing, uh, we're getting used to, and we are. Let's face it, we're we're late to the party here with regard to antigen stroke lateral flow tests. Why does one take an antigen test Dick? What exactly is one looking for? You're looking for that single line and the high part of the card
8: but what is one looking for? So I suppose just to, to, to remind people because I think PJ there is still some confusion among people about the difference between the testing that the PCR test is, is what the HSE have regarded as the gold standard test and that's a laboratory based test where the swab gets taken and it gets sent to a lab and in the lab, they test for the actual genetic material that is the virus. Um, and because it goes to a lab, it's slower, but it is deemed to be more accurate than the antigen testing. And then the antigen testing, people might know them as lateral flow tests or, or rapid tests. And there you can do them close to the patient. It, it, it takes about 15 minutes for the Test to develop a couple of things about them. They do have to be flat, they're lateral flow tests, so you shouldn't have them at an angle when you're testing them. Be careful that you get the correct amount of uh, the, the buffer that has been mixed with the swabs get the correct amount of the buffer into the well and then leave it for 15 to 30 minutes to develop. And any second line, so you need to get the t- top line is the control and then the other lines, test line, and any second line, no matter how faint. Is positive. This is a binary test, which means it's positive or negative. Yeah. If you think you can see something, you can see something. That's a positive test. And just even though they're most effective, actually, in symptomatic people, the HSE have advised um, that symptomatic people should have PCR. And in Ireland, the public health advises that antigen tests should be used for uh, risk reduction in asymptomatic people. Yeah. so yeah. you should use them when you don't have symptoms but if you have any symptoms and I have lots of patients who contact us and say oh I, I did my lateral flow test it was non-detected it's not a COVID doctor while that is possibly the case Yeah. antigen tests are most helpful when they're positive but when they're negative they're less reliable okay. and so PCR for symptomatic
4: people uh, in terms of getting a PCR getting a public PCR getting a, a HSE PCR is taking, it's taking at least a day if not a day and a half there are private clinics um set up around the place. How are
8: they working? I suppose the important thing to say is that the the, the private providers in the mainstay are for asymptomatic people again. So if you have symptoms, you can book a PCR test uh, online and if there's no access online, you can still contact your GP who can book a test for you and there's no I suppose difficulty in access to PCR tests for symptomatic people through general practice. Uh, you know, the, the, the private providers really it, there became a need early on in the pandemic for travel, for workplace screening. You know, sort of for personal reasons, people you know who didn't have symptoms but were visiting maybe a vulnerable relative, uh, and the HSE. W- are not providing uh, PCR uh, testing in the, for those situations, particularly travel and workplace screening. Yeah. You, you, you can't get the HSE PCR test for that. So, so there are there, there are private providers uh, who are providing um, PCR tests in that regard, and most use local or Irish Irish based labs. All, you um, so, uh, know accredited labs, and they use the, the, issue the EU digital certificate through the lab. So uh, our own clinic in Cork, COVID screening in Cork, and Union Key. We've got uh, good relations with a couple of Irish labs. Uh, the lab themselves issue the EU digital cert for somebody who's traveling. Generally, it's the same the same day or a next day result. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fairly efficient service.
4: Yeah, and... In- they are, they are costly enough. I mean, the, the, the public ones are free, but they are costly enough. So you need to be budgeting for them. About how much do they cost
8: to get a, a PCR? It, it it depends. In our own service, in Union Key, it starts at 129 for an X-day result, which is quite expensive. But the lab costs, like we have significant lab costs and staff costs with that, uh, the antigen testing as well. Sometimes for travel, you need an antigen test. Um, and the difference first an antigen test you do at home the travel test is that it needs to be certified that was done by a healthcare professional yeah. professional for the for the um i suppose for the travel authorities or the airlines to to, to accept it yeah. and again on union and covid screening we have um we we, we issue the the eu travel digital travel certificate for antigen and for pcr tests yeah
4: yeah because you can't just do one on the kitchen table that you bought in LD. Uh, that they won't
8: accept that for travel but one of yours Safe your your antigen test. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they, for they, they will. Uh, yeah, and we, and we have lots of workplaces as well, PJ. Like we've lots, we've lots of businesses in the city centre who send their uh, their staff to us. A lot of retail businesses send their staff to us for, for for screening once once a week or once a fortnight, uh, depending on 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 the risk mitigation that they're, that they're employing. So like we're quite busy there with mm. private testing. But just so people are clear, it's for asymptomatic people who either for travel workplace or personal reasons okay. we would like to have a, a PCR or antigen test. Sure, sure. And what's okay. the story with the availability over Christmas? They we're open every day about Christmas Day. So on covidscreeningcork.ie is the website. Uh, there are appointments available. Um, and every, our Christmas Day, we're open every day up until, uh, up until January. So yes. uh, it, it is very busy. It's a time when people have been coming home and lots of people who come home want to test before they go and visit their relatives. And then we do have people who are living in Ireland who are, who are going away for Christmas either going to visit friends and relatives themselves or some people are actually going holidays mm. uh, and they, 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 they need testing to be compliant with the airline and the country requirements when they get there.
4: Mm. Now, just <clears throat> briefly to focus on, on Omicron Nick, and I'm sure you'll have seen the research, it came out first I think it came out of South Africa, then it came out of the University of Hong Kong, had some really good findings and I think it's been replicated in a couple of labs in the UK that Omicron, we know it's incredibly infectious but because of the way it grows in the body it is for the most part at least from the data we have to hand causing milder illness which can only be a good thing but it's offset by the huge number of cases isn't that right
8: that's correct yeah it seems to have uh or, or to prefer to infect the upper airways which uh, i suppose seems to be giving uh milder illness in the majority of cases but you're right pj it's so infectious and it's a numbers game that if you get a small percentage of a huge number of infections you'll still get an awful lot of people who will require hospital care who will require intensive care and so we, we all do need to double yeah. down on all the mitigation measures that that, that we're that yeah. we'd be aware of already and, and i suppose it's still probably early days for you know the Irish and European populations w- within Omicron, it's not quite two weeks that that, that, that that we've had kind of large cases. So it's over the next week or two that we will, I suppose, mm-hmm. that, we, that, that we'll that know for sure. Vaccination does seem to be uh, protected. Two vaccines uh, give some protection. The third vaccine seems to give a lot more protection against mm-hmm. uh, Omicron. and. Vaccination of general practice, mass vaccination centres, pharmacies. Like, there are vaccines available to people, and you know, I encourage everybody to go and get their booster vaccine. Like, what age group? Like,
4: who can, because it's a bit confusing even for those who are trying to keep an eye to it. Who can get, who
8: can walk in for a, a top up, a booster today? So in general practice, we can, uh, we've can we been told we can vaccinate anybody who's over 16, who's over three months since their last vaccine of a complete course, so one shot of the one shot and two shots of the others, uh, and uh, who hasn't had a COVID infection in the last three months. So over 16, three months since their last vaccine, and no COVID infection in the last three months can go to general practice. I think the mass vaccination clinics are still going by age cohort, but in general practice, if you fit that those criteria, you uh, can get you can get a, can get a, a yeah. vaccine in, in in general practice.
4: they are talking this morning about one hundred nine thousand doses administered yesterday. Like, they really, in fairness, it, it really has ramped up in time for for PJ, the break. It's ph- it's,
8: ph- it's phenomenal, activity. If you consider it, like one hundred nine thousand, nearly a million doses in a week going by those figures, or eight hundred thousand in a week, plus two hundred and thirty thousand, you know, PCR swabs. I mean, the HSE. It has been criticised for lots of things and we've got large racing lists but they really have responded to the call to arms for vaccination and screening uh, in a significant de- uh, degree I mean it's, it's phenomenal activity when I mean, you consider 18 months ago we didn't know what a COVID uh, PCR was right. and we didn't right. know uh, and we didn't know and we didn't have a vaccine so and I know we're you know 230,000 or something uh, COVID PCRs per week through the HSE and I believe they're planning to increase that to nearly 400,000 over the coming months so right. it's phenomenal activity okay. It's with
4: us for a little while to more but, but Nick let's hope against hope that hopefully by this time mm. next year it, it'll be at least starting to fit into the background we, we hope that because I know you and everybody else in Europe you're sick of it just stick with here
8: yeah we are I mean I think everybody's sick of it and I, I was in Limerick at the weekend PG and I could see in, 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 I was up for the match on Saturday I took a little walk around the town before and I could just see in, 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 in the shops uh, you know the the, the staff were tired the, the masks around the, the chain masks hanging off ears you know people are tired but you know healthcare is no different like we are exhausted and we're wondering if there's going to be an end to it but it is important that we all double down now with, the, with what we know works you know the, the hand washing the masks the social distancing the ventilation the vaccination we need to double down these measures just to keep ourselves safe and to protect the healthcare system in the coming months
4: Okay Nick have a good Christmas and thanks for your contributions Thanks Peter Happy Christmas Take care Thank you. That's Dr Nick Flynn from mycorkgp.ie 1850 715996 Can we
2: just talk the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. Cmig.ie.
2: The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 83 396 96 96 96.
0: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
0: On Cork's 96fm.
4: Yeah, just after talking to Dr. Nick there before uh, 10 o'clock, I was reminded of this message, which I must get to, and I'll do it now because I'll forget it if I don't. Uh, Hi, 96FM. HSE workers, please give them a shout. It may already be done on the station, but we really feel the HSE frontline workers need huge thanks and support and appreciation for all they're doing in this latest variant challenge. While we're complaining about the inconvenience, they're facing it and dealing with it day in, day out, including... Christmas Day and they're all legends and our thanks to all of them happy Christmas to them and to your whole team here's to a brighter 2022 that's from Peter Colin and family in Carrigaline. Peter well said well said and thank you for that and someone else and I did this on my social yesterday and I got a good response and thankfully when I go to do the Christmas morning breakfast show on Cork's 96mas online. I won't leave anybody out. I'm trying to think of all the people who'll be working on Christmas Day. And here's one they hadn't thought of, and thank you for it. All of the people who'll be working as Samaritans volunteers on Christmas Day. 116123 is their number around the clock. Uh, 116123. Samaritans will be working on a Christmas Day. And if there's anyone else you can think of, do let me know. Also, the movies. Still taking your movies on, you know, the one you absolutely will not miss like it might be the Polar Express it might be the original White Christmas Miracle on 34th Street Uh, Elf loads of people love Elf you sit on a throne of lies Elf Uh, I love Bad Santa the young fella loves Bad Santa 1 and 2 but they did this poll in the UK the BBC did it on their BBC Sounds app which is a great website or a great app And they gave them a list of 25 movies and they asked them to select their all-time favourite movies for Christmas, the ones that they absolutely have to see. And I'll give you the top 10 in a while. But I wonder what you think would be the top movie. This is, they gave BBC viewers a list of 25 movies and asked them to vote for the one that they absolutely must see, their favourite. What would it be? Yes is welcome. Oh, 396 And as you heard in news and was discussed yesterday with Jean-Pierre Gazot, today, 25 years ago, the grim discovery was made at Tourmore in skull of the battered body of Sophie Toscan Du Plantier. It was 25 years ago, this very day, and in fact it might be 25 years ago, almost to the hour that her body was found. On a cold, damp, horrible December morning down there in that most beautiful of places. And on the front page of today's Irish Sun, Anne Mooney writes that a DNA testing breakthrough could finally solve the murder. Now, Anne, there have been so many false dawns over 25 years. What is this one? Because I was reading the story. They've got... The, the, the murder weapon was a horrible, great, big breeze block. And they think yes. they can analyse it. Good morning.
9: Um, good morning, PJ. And happy Christmas. To you, so. to you it too. You um, but it, yes, this this um, this is a DNA break, um, testing breakthrough that um, helped in America to solve an, a 1995 murder of a teenage girl um, whose... Body was found um, on a river bank, um, and uh, she was she was battered to death with rocks, um, which is quite similar in a way to the brutal killing of of Sophie Tuscan de Plantier twenty five years ago in Ireland, um, and um, the. You know, they, they failed to catch the tr- the killer. They failed to sort of match DNA. But um, but this this company, this MVAC Systems, um, they are the world leaders in uh, wet vacuum forensic DNA collection, and its equipment was used to catch um, the 17-year-old's killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was brought to justice um, in the, around 2015, I think. Okay. Um, but, but since then, um, that DNA connection, collection system has been utilised by um, an increasing number of police agencies and crime labs, both in the United States and internationally. Okay. Um, basically, just to explain it simply, um, this equipment literally sucks the DNA out of all types of products like cement, bricks, um rocks, clothing items, wood, ropes, um and other difficult surfaces. So um the the, the rock that was uh killed, that killed Sophie is still um is still being held um and is still available um for Forensic analysis, and um, it looks as if, uh, if Gardy or the uh, lab, the forensic lab, managed to get its hands on this piece of equipment, um, then there is a possibility that um, the DNA um, in the grooves of the of that rock mm. um, would be extracted and possibly identify her killer.
4: Well, because obviously uh, her, her blood is on it, country. and her DNA is all over it, but that. Yes. The person had
9: to pick yes. this up. And yes. Use it. And if this person, yes. And the thing is that if this person wasn't wearing gloves, and it's highly likely that he or she wasn't, um, then, you know, the DNA um, may still be inside in that rock. And if it can be extracted from it, then, you know, this could be a major breakthrough. Um, I'm, I'm told that it is being looked at. Um, but I don't know what the cost of it, but I'm also told it could be quite expensive. So um, that may be one of the reasons that um, it hasn't been used to date. Mm. But um, I would imagine that if there was a way of, of solving the case or that this could provide new light into the investigation, then maybe Sophie's family might be interested in yeah. um, providing it well-
4: or... I spoke to Jean-Pierre Gazol, her uncle, on this program yesterday, and he said they are still clinging to any hope of, of, of finding out what happened, for sure, for once and for yeah. all. You know.
9: Yes, and I'm told that they're quite happy with the uh, with the fact that the the new probe has has um, has been activated, and that um, you know that. That uh, they they're hopeful that this new guard investigation will will be somewhat successful anyway. Um, like I mean, you know, it's been a life sentence for everybody. PJ, yes, the 25, 25 years has been a, a life sentence for everybody, um, not only for the family but also for Ian Bailey in terms of the fact that uh, you know he was pinpointed as uh, and and admitted that he was pinpointed as the main suspect. Um, but you know, uh, as I've said before, um, if 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 he if this was co- brought to a conclusion back in the nineties in nineteen nineties, then you know, uh, whoever did it would have served a life sentence by now and be out. Yes, yeah, that's right not have it hanging over them anymore, you know. Yes, so, but her, but her, um, her
4: parents are now very elderly and unwell and even unable to travel as they traditionally used to do
9: yes.
4: at Christmas time. Yes. So we think we think of yeah. them today and as, as I said Anne, if memory serves me well it's roughly this time 25 years ago.
9: Yes, it was around the 10 o'clock mark um, when the body was discovered in the laneway of uh, the the holiday home in Tremor. And uh, certainly, you know, PJ, it's something that has stuck in the memories of the people of Ireland and the people of France, I assume. Um, But it has very, very much impacted on the people living in that area um, because, you know, it never goes away. No. um and that's due to the way that the family have literally um canvassed and kept it in the public limelight down through the years and that includes the fact that they came home every, or they came back to Ireland every year uh until recent times until yeah. her parents yeah. became too too old and too yeah. ill to actually come back and attend that memorial mass in in the local church yeah. um but you know it's 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 hanging over the country it's hanging over West Cork like a spectre of death. You know, it's just it's just there and it's always been there for yeah. the past twenty five years. And you, you've um,
4: covered this like like many other journalists. We've all you you and I covered it in the first place, and we've many Ralph in the Independent and Barry in the Times and many more of us have covered it. Do you ever think we will know for sure what happened
9: that night? Ooh, um, that's a that's a tough one, PJ. It um, is, isn't it? I, I, yeah, it is. and um, i I just think that you know 25 years is is a long time, it's a quarter of a century. Um, but I also think that perhaps if something like this DNA testing equipment was was made available uh, to the forensic um, specialists and um, maybe if the DN- if some DNA was extracted from that murder weapon, Mm. Um then it could help to bring it to a conclusion, um, but on the other hand, I wouldn't be holding my breath no. to be honest with you. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately I, I not. think. Yeah. I think it will. It will only. It will only die when all the people involved are dead.
4: And unfortunately, you know? for her, for her parents, uh, their days are are you know they run they're running out of time. They're. Elderly and they're they not are. well. And thank you very much for being with us and indeed happy Christmas to yourself and all of your colleagues at uh, The Irish Sun and of, and of course to, to Brendan and the family too. 1850, 715996. we got a, a little bit of a list coming up there on the screen of books that you might want to read over the Christmas. Louise O'Neill's After the Silence, fine book, super book. Catherine Ryan Howard, 56 Days, another masterpiece, by, by Catherine. Eason's have a list: The Ashling and the City by Emer McGlisett and Sarah Breen. That's the latest in the Ashling series. Sarah, or Sally Rooney's Beautiful World, Where Are You? and Richard Osmond's The Man Who Died Twice. Uh, I would add a couple myself uh, during the morning. Uh, Michelle Dunn, When Nobody Was Watching, uh, is another brilliant one. We had Michelle on last week. That's been option for television now. Uh, the, the Lindsay Ryan book and she's got a second Lindsay Ryan book coming out in the new year and Catherine Kerwin's got a book out uh, I recommend all of those I'll get you some more names and titles as we go through the morning Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six.
2: Can we just talk
4: the Opinion Line on Corks
2: 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance
0: Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. C-M-I-G dot I-E. Corks
2: 96FM.
4: Jerry watched Bad Santa for the first time the other day. Wasn't prepared for what I saw. Very funny though. Oh, this is not one for the smallies. Bad Santa is not one for the smallies. And Bad Santa 2 is even less for the smallies. Rose always watches The Wizard of Oz. Home Alone, big favourite, Home Alone, but not the one that came on top. In fact, came nowhere near the top of the pile on the BBC, the, the votes for the on the BBC poll for one movie in particular were huge, absolutely huge. Listen, I want to do this before I move to the phones. This came in to us. I don't know if you can help. We have the details if you need to find out more. But can anybody get us a Furby? Does anybody know where we might Get a Furby for a very special young person who would love to have a Furby for Christmas. Lost his Furbies in a fire a couple of years ago. Yeah, very hard to buy a Furby now. But if anybody has a Furby in good condition and wasn't using it anymore, could we get one for Christmas? This is for a a special lad. And we'd love to get a for it anybody have a Furby or a couple of Furby's. Old, not used anymore, in good condition. Contact us and we can we can make magic happen at Christmas. Fergal has all the, the details there. Let me go to Drima League in County Cork to Noreen McSweeney, whose house is Ireland's most Christmassy. It's gorgeous, Noreen. How long are you doing that job? How long? Yeah.
10: Oh, we started the 1st of November this year, but we're doing it for 26 years.
4: Right, right. Yeah. You decorate the house every year.
10: We decorate the lawn and the house and all the bushes and everything. We start the 1st of November and we would be ready then for the 6th of December.
4: Right. And you use it. You raise money for charity, don't you?
10: Oh, God, yeah. For years and years we're raising money for different charities. Okay. okay. Yeah.
9: I and, and, and you know. You
10: this this means more to me. Winning this means more to me than winning the Lotto. I'm so honoured to get this. I think this is brilliant.
4: Yeah, you won the the Energy Annual Competition, and you're doing it. You're doing it for years. What what got you started?
10: Well, I suppose we started up very small in the lawn. First, we started up very small, and then we were adding and adding to it. And then someone said to us one day, "Why don't we do it for charity?" So we did. We put up a box, two boxes for charity, and we got going from there. And we, here we are now today.
4: Brilliant! And you're the winner of Ireland's most Christmasy house, the McSweeney's from it's League in County Cork. Isn't it great all together? Isn't it? I'm d- d- delighted for you because you're at it a long time, Noreen. Happy Christmas to you and Sean. And stay stay safe and take care of one another. And have a lovely Christmas. That's Noreen McSweeney from Drimma League. Now, a bit of divilment. Let me see if I can get this thing to work. In for over minute. two years since before COVID, I surprised them and flew home a week early from Chicago to Ireland.
9: Stay safe.
4: There's a video playing here in the background, I want tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin O'Regan, when was the last time you Hello. were home? Hello, PJ. How oh, are you, mate? When was the last time Hey, how
6: time are you? you? I am home there in just over two years. Okay. And did yeah. they know you were coming at all? They thought I was arriving in on the Sunday, and I, I surprised them when I, I came home on the Thursday morning, so they all got a heart attack when they saw me <laughs> coming through the door. Where, where were you coming from? Uh, I'm living over in Chicago at the moment, over in the States there for work, so, so yeah, it's been a long old stint now not being able to come home for Christmas last year, so this year was just like, obviously really special and stuff, so I said I'd surprise them a few days early. My mom nearly killed me because the house is... The house is crazy at the moment. She's still doing decorations and everything. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, who who was that screaming? That's my sister Emily. She was the first one that I, I caught. So uh I went in and uh her, in fairness there, her husband answered the door. I felt rude. I was shushing him. I was like, say nothing, say nothing. Right. Oh, oh no nobody, got, nobody knew, like no you you didn't tip anybody off. So just my, my younger brother Paul, he was the only one now in fairness, he kept the secret well and um, I, he was going to collect me from Dublin, but I got there coached down and, and um, he met me in town then and brought me out home. So it was grand. Fantastic. Uh, how does it feel to be yeah. back? Oh man, it's still weird. I'm still on a high from it. Like it's, it's very surreal, but uh, it's the best feeling in the world. Like it really is. Like there's nothing like, like family and seeing your, your, your family for Christmas. So yeah, I'm delighted.
4: Yeah. How long have you been in Chicago? I mean, you missed, you missed last Christmas. Obviously. How long have you been in in Chicago?
6: I've been there now about two and a half years. I'm on a five year visa, so um I'll probably be there for the five years anyway and sure, Sherlock. We'll see what happens and um I don't know, maybe there's a green card in the future for me we might stay, but there's no there's no better place like Cork coming home as well. It's just like it's mad. What,
4: what did you miss most the last year, other than mother's cooking, of course?
6: Um, I have to say now, the hot chicken roll, like you can't beat it. <laughs> you know those things those things are shrink tumors,
4: you know they will. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I won't like 100. I got off the plane. I arrived into Cork, and it was the first thing we did, we went to Super Valley and Tower and got a hot chicken roll. I was delighted with myself. <laughs>
4: gas! It's gas. And hot chicken. Um, yeah. Has has it been tough with COVID over in Chicago lately? Or you, you were able to get out clean um, of PCRs and vaccines? Yeah, I was I, was.
6: yeah. It was madness trying to get home. I, did, I had to do P, two PCR tests within the 72 hours, and then antigen tests as well every day since I've been home um and they have like um a new thing now verify that you have to upload all your documents to and stuff but in general covid over in chicago it's it's very different to ireland it's um with the last 12 months you know we've been lucky in in the sense that they kind of opened up again i mean we had festivals in the summer and all of that stuff but i don't know if if that's the right thing or the wrong thing to do because the numbers are crazy over now again but Mm. You know, I mean, I'm just happy to be able to even be at home and spend the time with the family, you know, yeah. so it's just grand.
4: And, and with the fam, other than hot chicken rolls, is is there a family Christmas tradition that you missed last year and you're dying to do it again this year?
6: <laughs> well, we always end up having an old sing-song there about 3 o'clock in the morning, so I'm looking forward to that now this year as well. And um, just being around the kids, like the nieces and nephews and stuff, there's nothing like it, you know. I, have, I was lucky over I have... Um, we call ourselves the immigrants. There's a few of us that are not from America, so we were all stuck over together um, last year. So I was able to have you know dinner with them and stuff. It wasn't too bad, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the traditions day with this this Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And when are you how are you around for long? When have you to head back? Yeah, I'm lucky enough. My my company is actually headquartered in Cork, so they're allowing me to work a week in the Cork. slash weight So I have four weeks at home in total, so it's a nice little, oh, little, you know, yeah, yeah. So I'm off for three weeks and then I work for a week here and then I go back. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not too bad at all.
4: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, sure. Kevin, give me the names of the family. Uh, who who, are you, who is it? Mom and dad. And give me all the names there.
6: There's loads of us. There's my mom and dad, and then there's my three sisters, Emily, Jenny, and Becky, and then my two brothers, Paul and Graham, as well. All right. Well, listen, you
4: have, yeah. a, you have an absolutely fabulous Christmas. And does mom do all the do all the cooking, or do you help? Do you do,
6: do any of you pitch in? Yeah, she she does. She'll be starting now tomorrow to get everything ready. And uh, in fairness, my my grandparents and my aunt Ray's, she does a bit as well. So we all kind of pitch in and bring a bit over. And my dad as well. He's He's a good old, good old cook, you know. Um, so, so yeah, we'll be grand. We'll we'll all come together now for Christmas. Kevin, you
4: have a special family Christmas. Enjoy every minute of it. Welcome home.
6: Thanks so much, PJ. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Cheers happy
4: Christmas. Happy Christmas. That's Kevin O'Regan. Surpr- now, they knew he was coming. They knew he was coming, but they didn't know that he'd come when he did. And- oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Absolute scenes. Absolute scenes. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. 1850-715-996. Can we
2: just talk? Opinion Line on Corks 96 FM. With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. Cmig.ie.
2: Access all areas on Corks 96 FM.
0: Your guide to nightlife on Side.
8: Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Corks Entertainment. Grammy-nominated and critically acclaimed singer-songwriter Olivia Rodrigo is confirmed for a Live at the Marquee date coming up next summer on June 29th. She joins growing list of access for the marquee with tickets on sale now access
12: all areas Emma Langford
8: returns to Cork for a show at Cypress Avenue taking place at the Caroline Street venue on Wednesday February 9th tickets are now on sale for the show and you'll find them online at cypressavenue.ie access all areas feel free to let us know at access all areas if you have a show play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by mailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie access all areas your guide to nightlife on
2: Side. On Corks
4: 96 FM. One person has guessed what won that BBC poll of Christmas movies. It's not the one I would have said would win it. Would be at the same era I would have thought, but I wouldn't have said this one would win it, even though it is a beautiful movie. Beautiful movie, an old movie. In Carry uh, Ruth Olden, Carol. Uh, of the unisex mobile hairstylist wants to give each of those three Gardi a wash and dry with Olaplex treatment. I do not know what Olaplex treatment is, but I take it it's something special. Thanks for that. 1850 715 Now, over the Christmas, we'll be getting together. We're talking about, you know, stuff that does come up at the dinner table, stuff that does not, should not come up at the dinner table. Do you help with the cooking or do you leave who's doing the cooking to themselves? Do you wait to be asked or do you offer? What is the, the manners and etiquette of attending Christmas dinner and indeed celebrating Christmas Because when we get together and there's a couple of drinks had, we might forget our manners. Or some people have a different notion of what is good manners and what is not. So Noel Cunningham is author of the book, Modern Irish Manners. Noel, good morning.
13: And a very good morning to you. And good morning, Cork and surrounds. I love that beautiful city I spent some happy years in Kinsale and in the old jury's cork out the Western Road. Uh, So I have lovely memories of hospitality. And, of course, I now go down now and again to see the lovely Dahi O'Shea and Maura Duran on the Today Show there in the studios in Cork. Oh. So very closely connected with your fine county and city.
4: Good, good. And good to speak with you, Noel, as we have done once or twice before. So so the good manners around the Christmas dinner, uh, we know certain things should not be discussed. What happens if they come up?
13: Well, first of all, the key to having a very peaceful, lovely and enjoyable Christmas Day with family and friends, is to make sure that the people you invite are not going to in any way upset the apple cart. And it's as simple as that, because if someone is prone to have a drink too many and get cantankerous or get sort of argumentative or indeed insulting, just don't invite them. And then the key to any dinner party, be it Christmas, Easter or birthday or whatever, Keep it light, keep it fun. Don't discuss sex, religion, politics, and above all else, this year. Don't have COVID conversations around the dinner table. We are having COVID in every aspect of our lives, every moment of the day, twenty-four-seven. Mm. We mm. want to escape from that.
4: Yeah, we want we want rid of it for at least that that one precious day. And in, in terms of helping out, Noel, is it? What do you do? Do you offer to help or do you wait to be asked? What do you do?
13: First of all, um, if you're the host or hostess, do your best to have as much done the day before as humanly possible because your guests, and they could be your immediate family, they don't want you completely stressed out and cranky and upset in the kitchen. They want you to be present to them, all dolled up, enjoying your glass of uh, wine and being of the day. That's so important. Now, your question is a very, very good one. Um, that Do you offer to help? My instinct is to say no, because When I, it's different if you're just in your immediate family group, mum and dad, sons, daughters, grandparents, a daughter or a son will instinctively jump up and clear the table and stack the dishwasher or whatever. That's perfectly all right. But if you have guests and what I call outsiders, as in people from outside the immediate family circle, then my strong recommendation is that you don't, offer to help in any way, unless you're asked, Hmm. you know, unless you're actually asked. If you're asked, that's perfectly all right. But if you're not asked, you just sit and don't offer because people have their own way of doing things. The organization will be done. And can I just let you into a very little private secret? Go ahead. The host, the host or hostess may not want you to know that you bought the stuffing pre-made in Super Value or that the Christmas pudding came from Tesco or that, you know, the beautiful array of desserts came from Marks and Spencer. You know, there's all those little things, you know. Mm. Or if they bought the the roasty potatoes ready to go in the oven, you know, you don't want to have to peel a potato and leave a few skins on top of the bin just in case one of your guests come into the kitchen and rattle you and realise you haven't done the roast potatoes. So, <laughs> no, there's, there's certain manners to be observed, but there's certain little things you don't overstep hospitality by assuming that it's perfectly alright for you who's not immediate, immediate family to barge into the kitchen and start uh, stacking up the uh, dishwasher, having a good look around as you do. So, not acceptable. Don't bother unless you're asked.
4: Now, in terms of drinks, do you go around because this is a a conundrum for me do you go around constantly making sure that a person's glass is topped up or that they have a fresh bottle to hand or do you do as I sometimes say right lads you know where everything is stretch or starve which is the right thing to do? First of
13: all First of all, alcohol can be the offender when it comes to having a lovely day. Yeah. Drink responsibly, so important. There is no need for the host or hostess to assume that everybody coming have to be completely and utterly sort of at every turn refill. It's unnecessary and uncalled for. My advice is always good. Around 12, Open that delightful, good quality Prosecco or a bottle of champagne. Have it and serve the soup and crusty rolls at that point of the day because the Christmas main meal will be a little bit later in the day, maybe three or four o'clock. And by serving soup, crusty roll and a nice glass of bubbly, you're setting the tone for the day and you're also providing a little blotting paper. Then have a relaxer for an hour an hour and a half people can sit around and chat and whatever whilst the host and hostess are putting the finishing touches to the main lunch and then at the dinner table you have a bottle of white a bottle of red pour everyone a glass of their choice some soft drinks for non non-drinkers that's very important to remember mm-hmm. that There may be people like myself who are recovering alcoholics who will not be drinking alcohol, so have something appropriate to serve. Mm -hmm. And then don't keep refilling, you know. uh, Have the bottle of wine, uh, the few spare ones on the side table or on the sideboard. And yes, you know, when they sit down, give them a glass of wine. Then, you know, at the main course point or after the main course, top them up. But there's no need to keep filling to the point that people are getting sozzled or too yeah. merry because yeah. it's a long evening. You want a little break after lunch because my other bit of advice that I do myself, if I was entertaining at home and all my family take my advice and do that, they serve a cheese board and the desserts later on in the evening. Yeah. You know that everybody everybody leaves the dinner table at about 5, half past 5, 6 o'clock latest. They relax for a couple of hours, maybe even go for a quick walk around the block, come in, sit down, and then about 8, 8.30, you serve some beautiful desserts, another glass of wine and some cheese. And it's absolutely a delightful way of staggering the day Everybody's had wonderful food, wonderful um, kind of and 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 sufficient drink and try not to mix the grape and the grain. It can be a bit dangerous, you know, certainly a couple of the young lads might like a can of beer. That's all right. But, you know, if you have whiskey and brandy and gin and vodka and wine and everything on the go, People just sometimes forget themselves because it's Christmas Day, they have too much, and then it kind of spoils it for themselves as well.
4: Yeah. Now, there's the thing, Noel. Um, Should crosswords break out, what happens? What do you do?
13: The Irish have an extraordinary uh, ability to use wakes, funerals, uh, weddings, and Christmas Day uh, to drag up things that happened 40 years ago or a slight that <laughs> a slight that would have appeared to have occurred, you know, when our dear Lord was a baby. Um, and it's hard to avoid that sometimes, particularly if there's drinking. But again, it's down to the, your choice of guest at the table, number one. And number two, you nip that in the bud. If somebody's getting a little bit cantankerous, always make sure, you know, it's great in family, if I have an uncle that's kind of renowned for putting his feet in it, uh, and we all have those people in our families, mm. seat a member of the family closest to them that can manage them. And they're the ones that will give him a good dig in the ribs and say under their breath, Uncle Paddy, would you just shut up and behave yourself? <laughs> for this is Christmas Day. And, and sometimes it's as basic as that. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Or even at the table, say, now Mary... You're getting cranky. Have another glass of wine and settle yourself. It's Christmas Day, <laughs> and that usually—that's usually, that's usually <laughs> enough. Right. But don't be afraid to say it. All right, Noel. Listen, and, pleasure, what? a pleasure to speak with you. You know what I always say. Yeah. This is my final little tip. Always have a stranger invited, somebody that people are not overly familiar with Why? the entire group, Why? because family, family are great when they're on their own. They feel they can misbehave and be cheeky. When there's a stranger and they're all sweetness and light and they'll be so gracious. Oh, thank you, Mum. Thank you, Dad. They wouldn't
4: want to show themselves off. I
13: see. If you hadn't a stranger at the table, they wouldn't even say thank you. And don't forget, (laughs) even if it's your Mum and Dad, after the event, sit down, write a little thank you card and post it. Don't give it to them. Don't send a text. Don't send a WhatsApp, a little card saying, Mum, Thank you so much. We had the most beautiful day. Very, very important.
4: Noel, have a lovely Christmas yourself with whoever is around you. And we'll talk sometime in 2022. That's Noel Cunningham, author of Modern Irish Manners. Now there now, that's you told. That's us all told. Couple of book recommendations for you. We gave you some while ago. uh, Amy Cronin, uh, Cork-based writer, Cork-based books, two brilliant books, Blinding Lies and Twisted Truth, two of the best books I read this year. Catherine Kerwin, Darkest Truth is her book. And then Ty Coakley has a fabulous book called Whatever It Takes. They're just four or five crime novels from Cork that I would heartily recommend uh, that you pick up over the Christmas. They're inside if you want to pop into my buddy John, John Breen in Waterstones. He'll find any one of them for you, or you any bookshop. Any bookshop. Hi, we've two children. Well, they're adults in New Zealand, Brian and Orla. Nearly four years since they were home. Love them lots and miss them so much and more at this time of the year. But you don't give us your name. But it's evening time in New Zealand, so maybe they're listening. Debbie on films. Love, actually. A great story. Really emotional and easier to identify with than American movies. Isn't that the one that they've used for the new Christmas movie? ad or the new Christmas promo for Ewan rich, rich They've done a brilliant editing job on it. Go and you'll find it on their on their Twitter or loads of people sharing it where they've taken a scene from the movie and they've edited in their own message with uh, the legendary brother. Uh, it's it's brilliant. It's just creative genius. So yeah, have a look around for that. More movies. Morris, top movie. Sleepless in Seattle. Then Christmas in the Cranks with Dan I- Oh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, and Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge is a good one. Uh, where are we going now with more of these? There's loads of, loads of people talking about movies. Bad Santa, Wizard of Oz, Home Alone, and plenty more besides. But one person has got the, the one that won the BBC poll. Uh, Love, actually. Yeah, says Tracy. Uh, Declan, anything starring... Anthony Hopkins, especially the remains of the day. It's not a Christmas film, but I always watch it at Christmas time. He was a genius, a maverick, a legend. The Snowman, great nostalgia, uh, particularly the Cork version by Larsen Lovey. Oh, that is brilliant. Oh, you'll find that is the Snowman. A friend of mine actually sent me that. Hi, Mary listening in the UK. She sent me the link to that the other night. She said, have you seen this? I said, yeah it's been around a while. It's just brilliant Mr. Oh, Mister Price has a load of wrapping paper. Thanks uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Is that the modern one? That's an abomination. Sorry, no, that is an absolute abomination. But look, if it's what you like, it'll be on Channel 5, we think Yeah, there's the person with the correct answer. E.T. It's not a Christmas movie, but E.T. Yes, yes Anyone else got a movie that they want to see this Christmas, uh, that they wouldn't miss this Christmas? Let us know. Now, there have been some events running throughout the week uh, in Fitzgerald's Park. And restrictions are no, they still went ahead. And tonight they finish with a very special event. Ed O'Leary is event organizer with The Good Room. Hey, Ed.
14: Hi, PJ. How are we doing?
4: Good. You've had a good week and a big one to finish it.
14: A big one to finish it. Yeah, we've been very lucky this week now. Um obviously last week it was touch and go whether these events would go ahead at all, but we kind of preempted what was coming down the line, didn't oversell it, sold well under 50%. So we were, we were very happy that we could actually get a, go ahead with these events. And uh, tonight, of course, is the big finale with uh, a massive fireworks display that is going to be launched around Cork City Centre. We're not giving out locations because the idea is that with everything that's going on and... COVID cases rising we want people to stay in their homes look out their windows step out in the gardens stay with your family if you can see Cork City Centre you'll be able to see the full display it's going to be spectacular and 8.30 or just maybe slightly after 8.30 now with a few things changing but it's going to be in around 8.30 within kind of a 10 minute window there you know
4: Fantastic, fantastic. and it should be visible from any high point around the city yeah?
14: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely There's we've we've in multiple locations we're launching from it. it's been a big big project now took a while to get it across the line which okay. is why we're so so late announcing it but it, it it it's going to be spectacular it's a really a really big piece and if you can't see the city center you can tune into our the good room Facebook page where we'll be broadcasting Facebook live uh with a drone going up and taking hey. some incredible shots and they will be videoing the whole thing so you can tune into Facebook live the good room search on Facebook and uh just check it check it check it out from there you know nothing by halves here ed nothing by halves pj well look i mean when you're dealing with cork city council and the good room it's all it's all killer no filler
4: <laughs> i love it i love it listen happy christmas to everybody involved in those gigs and uh, you've really in fairness you really pushed the boat out to try to get entertainment to people when it was so hard to do so so well done to everybody
14: thanks very much pj appreciate it cheers
4: that's uh, ed o'leary from the good news big At the Good Room. Big fireworks display over the city tonight. Around half eight. Uh, Pretty much any high position you have where you can see into the city. Okay. uh, Where will we get a tradesperson at this time? But you'd never know. There might be one around. This is Tidy Towns Toker. They do great work. They've been on to see if anybody could help. One of their remembrance trees outside the Powderdough Post Office and Ladbrokes has fallen over for the second time in a week. The trees are a bit heavy for the stands outdoors due to the wind and they need someone to secure it as the people who usually do that are unavailable. So if there's anybody around who would have a few tools and a bit of know-how as to how you might tie down or weigh down or bolt down those trees to keep them from falling over in the wind... You can get on to Tidy Towns Talker on Facebook or just torn up over there by Palladuff Post Office and Ladbrokes. Their tree is falling over because it's top-heavy and it's falling out of its stand and they just need someone to secure it and tie it down or screw it down or bolt it down or whatever you want to do with it. It'd be great if you could help. 1850-715-996 quick reminder to you the Premier League games are on over the festive season and you can check them out at 96fm.ie and on the Corks 96fm app the Premier League Live with now stream live Premier League action with the now sports or sports extra membership your sport on your terms stream only the games that matter to you most with now and any day over the Christmas that there are matches on Premiership matches on just check out the app find the TalkSport Button them there and you'll get all the commentaries. 1850-715-996.
2: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance
0: Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. C-M-I-G dot I-E. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Quark's 96 FM. It's beginning
5: to look a lot like Christmas.
0: With your local mace, helping to make this Christmas extra special.
2: TikTok tunes. Throwbacks. Collabs. Most streamed
4: 2021. Yeah, yeah, like...
2: The top five at five countdown.
4: I'm back, yeah. hard done.
2: Join us all next week for a different Top 5 at 5 Countdown every day On Cork's 96FM Hear 5 of the biggest hits from 5pm With
0: Kiry's Motor Group For a massive selection of new and used cars in Cork Book your appointment now at kiris.ie
2: Only on Cork's 96FM The lines are live And we're ready to talk Can we just talk
0: Call 1850-715-996
2: Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696
0: Email opinion at 96fm.ie
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
0: On Cork's 96FM
2: Oh,
4: I love when a plan comes together There's a Furby We found a Furby Yes, they were around a very long time ago if you know what, someone said here. If you know what a Furby was, you're old. No, you're not. It's Furby, a small furry toy with no electronics. The kids are in their forties now. No, no. Some Furbies had loads of electronics in them. Some Furbies had eyes that went around in circles and stuff. But look, it doesn't matter. We've got, we've got a Furby, and we're organising that for our very special case from earlier on. It's lovely, so lovely be able to do something like that. Come here us. talking about Casey and Ross there before the news, we're here ourselves, well, in spirit at least, because we had a big year too uh, on the Opinion Line, and a lot of good guests, and a lot of fun conversations, so across the Christmas and New Year, we have some of our best bits set up and ready to go on Rewind 21 weekdays, uh, December 27th, 28th, 29th. 30th and 31st, Monday to Friday at 11am Join me for some of our best bits on Rewind 21 and we're back live with the Opinion Line Thursday, January 6th only here on Cork's 96FM on movies Die Hard and Home Alone 1 and 2 only Die Hard <laughs> die, die Hard's not a Christmas, well is it a Christmas movie or isn't it a Christmas movie, it's the old old, old, it is, it's set at Christmas uh, I must do that top ten before we finish today. But let's let something that a lot of people will cling around the telly for on Christmas night, or indeed they may record it and watch it over the Christmas. But certainly, it'll be a big hit in a lot of houses. Will be this.
15: Nanata's House Midwife speaking. We're
4: going to host a hen night.
15: Cheers. But it wasn't like this in Bethlehem.
9: We need help.
3: Yeah. Let's This really is some lovely punch, Sister Hilda. Cheers. It's a boy. Just
7: what I wanted for Christmas.
3: Ah! Ladies, I do believe we may have liftoff.
7: Lucille,
0: you're getting married on Boxing Day. I couldn't be happier.
4: I can hardly wait.
0: Call the Midwife holiday special, Christmas Day, 9, 8 central on PBS and the PBS
4: app. And BBC and all over the world. It's such an enormous hit heading into something like its 10th or 11th season now. Megan Cusack from Skibbereen has recently landed herself a place, a part in Call the Midwife. And will you be making your first uh, appearance in the Christmas special, Megan? Good morning. Good
15: morning. Good morning. How are you doing?
4: Good. Is it the part, Is the Christmas special your first episode?
15: No. So I was in the I was in the last series, but this will be my first Christmas special with
4: right. the show. Right. So it is a phenomenally successful
15: show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I try not to think about that. So much because when you think about like the amount of people that watch it, then it suddenly gets like a little bit uh, more nerve wracking than it already is. I a lot of us on the set are like, no, we just come and we do the filming, and then nothing is done with it. Like we just come and uh, and do our bits, and, and and then it just stays in a little box
4: somewhere. Mm. Like this is season ten. And I see something on the web this morning that season eleven is already commissioned. Like it's, it's it just goes on and on. Must be great fun. Season eleven,
15: we, we filmed season eleven, so Brilliant. this is the start of season eleven. Yeah,
4: fantastic, fantastic. So, what can we expect? No spoilers, I know, but what can we expect from from the Christmas special? Yeah.
15: There's a whole host of babies though. Like I know there's always babies, but like, it just seems in this episode, it was full on, like full to the the rafters with babies. (laughs) Um, And of course, you know, it's beautiful. The thing is we're there filming in April, you know, but we, we, we've got the you've got the beautiful snow, you know, it's, it's very picturesque. It's gorgeous. Um, And of course, you know some some bumps in the night. Also, you know (laughs) some things go a little bit awry. But you know we'll have to see if everything works out.
4: (laughs) You of course play uh, Nancy, who's a a student midwife in in the series. How did you How did you get into it? You're from Skibbereen, so you're based in London.
15: Uh, Yeah, I'm based in London now. I went over and trained. I uh, went over in 2015 and trained, uh, went to a drama school over there and have been there ever since, really. Mm.
4: Does getting into a show like this kind of set you up for a while? Because, do you know, if you can get onto to a regular recurring show, you get you get known and more work comes in. And, and it's it, it really is lovely to land a big part like that.
15: I mean, you'd like to think it set you up, but the thing with this industry is that you never know what's going to happen next. You know, it, it could be the thing that I mean. I'm very, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm doing another season. We start filming another season in April, but you know, after that, you never know. I could, you, uh, it, it's so wishy washy. Mm. I could not work that for another four years. You never know. But yeah. you'd like to think that hopefully. Um, it gives you a little bit of standing. Also just experience, that's what it comes down to. It
4: gives me a bit more experience. How how long does it take to film a season?
15: About six, seven months. Each episode takes, yeah, it takes about three weeks to film. And they're you know, it's it's long days.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I remember reading a thing about, like, all the sets, are they in the one place or do you have to move around a lot?
15: And most of them are set in the one place, but there's a couple of things that we have to go um, uh, a bit further afield for. Um, But most of it's sort of nice and contained, which is quite sweet.
4: Yeah. Like, where do you get the fake snow in April when you're filming a Christmas special?
15: (laughs) You have some fantastic people that come along with big machines and spray it all over the place. It's great. Yeah.
4: It's very
15: exciting.
4: I'm filming Christmas specials in April. It must feel a bit a bit odd, a bit weird, you know. And and they start the series with the with the Christmas special. Now you're back home for the Christmas, back with the family.
15: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm back down in Skiverine at the moment.
4: Mm. So big day? Big big celebrations or as big as we can have them in these present times?
15: We're having a very lovely kind of just, just the 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 four of us—my mum, dad, and my little sister. Um, I wasn't able to go back for Christmas last year because of obviously everything was closing up mm. um, and borders and being careful. Um, so we're keeping it nice and cozy this year, which is very sweet. Mm.
4: Has it made uh, travelling over and back harder to get over for a visit now and again, or would you travel over for a visit now and again?
15: I mean. I, I wasn't I didn't fly home for a good eleven months or so. Right. Um. With everything going on, you know, mostly it comes down to taking being careful, taking care of people. Um. You know, you don't want to be dodging back and forth between places, putting people at risk. Mm. Um. Obviously now you've got all the tests that you have to do as well, so it is all very safe, but it just makes it slightly more. Um. You know, you're more cautious of it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, when are you headed back, then you say filming starts again in April. You're heading back just after the Christmas, yeah?
15: Yeah, I'll be heading. I head back a few days after after Christmas.
4: All right, all right. Well, listen, uh, look forward to watching it. I, I, I have to say. Call the Midwife is one of these shows I see from time to time. I don't necessarily follow it, but it's, it's always enjoyable to watch an episode, and we're, because we've got such a cork interest, I'll have to watch this one. Megan, thank you very much. Megan Cusack playing Nancy in uh, Call the Midwife, the Christmas special, Christmas night, heading into Series 10, filming Series 11. Star, or filming? You lose track. It's a huge success, massive success of a show. My mum loves Call the Midwife. Absolutely weak for Call the Midwife. I do to say there about sets... The sets in on television shows would amaze you. There's a great... And Downton Abbey. Downton, every episode of Downton Abbey that was ever made, I think they're up on Netflix now. But the great thing about Downton Abbey, which we love at home, is when they go upstairs from the kitchens or when they come downstairs to the kitchens, they're actually something like 60 miles apart. So the upstairs scenes, like the outdoor scenes at the place called Highclere House... And then the indoor scenes, I think they do some of them in Highclere, or they have a a film set done up like Highclere. And then the downstairs and the kitchens and the stable yards, they are 60 miles away. So film sets on television, always a fascinating thing to talk about. Right, we've got the Furby. What more have we got in movies? Yes, someone else has got that movie right. The movie at the top of the chart from the BBC. The Odessa File. That's a classic, says Terry. The Odessa file. Oliver. That's an interesting choice. Great movie. The Holiday, says Teresa. I I don't know. The Holiday leaves me cold. And I wish it didn't, because it shouldn't. It's lovely, but no. Love Actually, says Debbie, again. uh, Loads of them coming in there at the bottom. Uh, Bad Santa. Yeah, loads of support for Bad Santa. Not for the smallies. Not for the smallies. Bad Santa, but great. Really great. 1850
2: 715 Can we just talk?
4: The Opinion Line on
2: Cork's 96FM. With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. Cmig.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM holidays. With your local mace, going the extra smile to make your Christmas special. Casey and Ross in the morning.
4: Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. On Cork's I have a few little people down by here. That we can ah, yes! They want to ask you the question. Oh, I'd is love it to hear it from them. OK, let's go.
0: Does your grandma knit the Christmas jumpers you
12: wear on the late-night late toy show? Ooh, good question. Well, that's a nice question, Robin. Uh, no, are they, the jumpers, are they're, they're knitted by people who despise me.
4: How's it going? My name is Paul, and yeah. I'm touchy-twee. Good can you ask Ryan Tubbity, how
12: did he pull all those gorgeous women? What a great question, yeah, that's a
9: great, great question, is. Paul.
12: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll. we'll <laughs> I think I think Paul is a, thought he was talking to a different presenter.
0: Casey and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool First Skoda in the city now taking orders for two two one and always open twenty four seven at 96 com.
8: The
4: very very big year for Irish women in sport, phenomenally successful year. I will go through a list in a minute of just who's done what. Dave Keenan is a sports broadcaster and journalist and joins me. How are you? A incredibly busy year for, for Irish women and successful one.
1: It has been immensely successful. Um, unfortunate for the rugby team, the soccer team played particularly well, but I suppose the area that I follow in particular is racing and, yeah. you know, Rachel Blackmore, once you talk about racing, it used to be the case of maybe somebody might mention Tony McCoy's name or Ruby Walsh, but everyone knows Rachel Blackmore and her success over the last... Twelve months, maybe even two years, has just been extraordinary. And let's um, put the key difference with Rachel is that she—I'm uh, not saying it makes any difference in terms of the discussion that you're having—but the key component is that she competes on on a level basis every day, day in, day out, against men. And the equestrian sport is the same. And uh, for her to achieve what she has achieved over the last twelve months, um, all the awards she's after—winning uh, BBC World Sports Person of the Year, RT Sports Person of the Year, leading writer at the Cheltenham Festival, winning the Entry uh, Nationalist just been extraordinary and I I really don't think it will be repeated again certainly in my lifetime
4: First woman to ever win the Grand National I was amazed by that
1: Yeah, you see it's I suppose the, the key component is that there's not a huge amount of professional lady riders out there so in terms of opportunities that girls would get to ride in races like that it's few and far between so she Obviously, has been uh, riding, and and it's funny within the racing game, we've just accepted her as a rider. We don't consider her as a lady rider, yeah. and that's what she's always always wanted to be. But the. What's wonderful about Rachel is that she to get in and out of the race course or to get in and out of the parade ring, as we would call it, to get up on your horse to go out onto the race, you have to walk through the crowds. And she's so humble and so nice. She was in Thurlis last week before she drove over to Manchester for the for the BBC Awards. And there was kids there wanting to get selfies with her and autographs. And it's, mm-hmm. and, and I think the, the women have led the way that way. You see the soccer team, they hang around looking for, for kids to, to get an opportunity to meet these people. And I think that's the key because I think trying to Get people and get kids in particular young kids interested in young children, interested in sport. Yeah. For them to be able to meet these people, it's kind of one of those kind of significant moments in their life. And it might just encourage them to get involved in sport because as we all know, with the way things are at the moment, sport is a great outlet. And to have live sport on at the moment is fantastic, um, no matter what type of sport it is, because it just takes her mind away from things. Yeah. And for a girl who started off her career uh, as a pony rider, uh, went through and she, she you know, she did, she did some show jumping, for her to go and achieve what she's achieved. And funnily enough, there was one thing that kind of twigged and I thought it was kind of almost one of those kind of wow moments. When she won the entry National, Ringo Star tweeted that Rachel Blackmore had won the entry National. Crikey. Crikey. So Crikey. even for the likes of that, like yeah. that just gives you an idea. And I, I, I'm reasonably friendly with her. And I screenshotted her on the various parts and pockets of the world where it was a story and it was Sydney, Japan, China, all over America, Australia, and New Zealand, and Canada. And I just sent her on a screenshot of the headlines. And I'm not suggesting that that's will ever happen again I just don't think don't think the exposure yeah. that racing received like she essentially was was a lifesaver for a lot of people but in particular uh, just the ordinariness of the lady and she's just been a star for sport you know what
4: surprised me most I think was the BBC award Dave lastly because I think I was saying okay Emma Raducanu it's got to be a slam dunk for Emma Raducanu and then I saw Rachel Blackmore wow were you surprised by that <laughs>
1: I wasn't surprised and again it just goes back to what I said originally Um, the key difference with Rachel is that she's competing against men Yes, and I'm not suggesting that that makes her any better than the other sports people but she's competing against men and women in racing and women do this all of the time in racing so we don't differentiate whether they're women trainers, women riders, we just consider them as riders or trainers. Yeah. And I think that's what, what sports should try and strive for, if possible, down the line. But yeah, just the, the list of winners, I think, struck her in terms of when she looked back to see who won. Uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo and like world, world, world sports star. People that would trip off your tongue in a heartbeat. But if I could just say one thing, that if it's a possibility down the line over the next maybe couple of months, you know, let people go and and get to the racetrack if they can. And they can actually rub shoulders with this lady. And I just think the fact that people can do that yeah. on a reasonably regular basis is wonderful. And it's wonderful for her. Like she comes from a great family. She's just so humble and has time for everybody. Obviously now her time is quite important in terms of the commitments that she now has. But I just think that she's just been a great ambassador for Irish sport.
4: Okay, listen, Dave, thank you very much for being with us today, and a good Christmas to you. And I know it's a busy Christmas because there's racing on over Christmas time. Dave Keene, just go through the list. Like, there's Rachel out there on top, Leona Maguire, the golf. Remember, we spoke to her mammy after the golf. Uh, Amy Hunter in cricket, the youngest cricketer in the world, male or female. To score a century in a one-day international. Kelly Harrington, what can we say about Kelly? Olympic gold, boxing. Katie George Dunleavy and Eve McChrystal in cycling, double Paralympic champions. Ellen Keane in swimming. Uh, Emer Lam, Afrikyo, Fiona Murta and Emily Hegarty. Rowing, a strong core connection there. Bronze Olympic medals. Nicole Turner in swimming. Tanya Watson in diving. 19-year-old Tanya, the first Irish female diver ever to compete in the Olympics, and she made the semi-finals. Ellen Walsh in swimming, Mona McSharry in swimming, and they've been uh, knocking up medals and knocking up final places this week, in fact, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Razat Adeleke in athletics, sprint queen. That's a sprint queen in the making there. She's really special. Emma Slevin in, in gymnastics. Orla O'Dwyer in Aussie Rules. Joy Neville in rugby, who became the first female TMO in the men's Six Nations rugby. And also the Mead senior footballers, who beat Dublin. Maggie, Far- Maggie Farrelly, who became the first woman to referee a major men's club game. And she took charge of the Cavan Senior County final. There's just a list of women in sport. One of them being Saoirse Noonan, who was on that team, who won 11-0 a few weeks back, and scored her debut goal. Hey, Sirisha, how are you?
16: Hi, PJ, how are you?
4: Good. That, I was What you know what happened that night? I'd forgotten the match was on, and I went in after the dinner to sit down to flick through the channels, and it came on. And at that stage, you were four up. And I started to watch, and I was like, this is mad. What a night that must have been.
16: Yeah, I think, um, I think kind of once we started getting the goals in, everyone kind of, just wanted more and wanted to keep going um so yeah i was absolutely brilliant to be part of it
4: you got the ninth goal you were how how are you settling in with, at, at shells you were i know you were with cork city but you, you you're with shells now yeah
16: brilliant um i suppose i went there with winning the league um in my mind and it seemed like throughout the season that that was kind of out of reach um, but we just kept digging digging away and um yeah, look, I've achieved that goal and um I'm delighted with We how the years went with them and then obviously getting well onto the Irish team then as well was was a fantastic year for me.
4: Yeah. Vera Powell looks like a very special woman. She looks like a a woman with some kind of magnetic charm around her. She's really inspirational, I think, is she?
16: Yeah, look, she's been brilliant. Um she lets us know everything that we have to do um on the on the day and um tells us what, what way we're gonna play, etc and yeah, look, I think it's it's been showing that we've been getting results and that we're a good team and we're definitely all joining well together as a, a team and coming together now and hopefully mm. we can qualify for the World Cup.
4: Yeah, what's the next stage there now? What happens next?
16: Um so we've some more games um coming up now next year. Um so the next round I think it's actually against Slovakia in Slovakia. Right. Nice. Um so that's, our, that's our next game. So yeah, we've a few more games left um in the group and then I think it goes all the way up until nearly September to see if we qualify but look we're in a good position and just hopefully we can stay there and um, keep keep getting wins and good results
4: OK now what are your Christmas plans will you be home in Cork?
16: Yeah I'm back in Cork now with my family for Christmas um, so it's definitely nice to be to be surrounded by loved ones
4: Yeah when, when when are you back on the pitch or when are you back playing or training?
16: So with Shells we're back on the 10th of January okay. um, so we have a a little bit off yet um, so yeah just kind of at the moment. Right.
4: Nice little break. Enjoy it. Happy Christmas, Saoirse, and congratulations on your debut goal. It was the ninth of the 11 goals they scored that night. Oh my goodness, yeah, 9 out of 11 goals. Thank you, Sirsha, for being with us on The Opinion, and happy Christmas to you and yours. Yeah, what are, that list of, and a, that's just the first couple of pages of incredibly successful Irish women in sport. One I nearly forgot, and I did talk to her earlier in the year, uh, Sunita Paspure, uh, two-time world champion, three-time Olympic competitor. Uh, UCC have made her head coach in all of their rowing programs. Great year for Irish women in sport. Finn is recalling our our chat about Mr. Kelleher from Liverpool. Told you, he says. happy. Oh, yeah, Quivine. Yeah, Quivine. That's right, Finn. <laughs> I, 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 the, the commentators are still choking themselves Swallowing their tongues, trying to say cuivine properly, and it's funny. Happy Christmas, Finn, to you and yours 1850 715
0: 996.
2: Can we just
4: talk? The opinion line on
2: Corks 96 FM with
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
4: Could a Dr. Nick Flynn earlier in the morning about testing and COVID and vaccines and looking after yourself and mind yourself and masks and all of that. And he was going through the whole thing with regard to the antigen stroke lateral flow test. And the public health advice here is that you don't take a lateral flow test when you have any kind of symptoms. But that having been said, what some people are doing is using them to wonder, is that snuffle I have Or is that little tickle I have, is that COVID or isn't it? Now, the HSC advice is that you don't use it that way. But John Campbell, who we've had on many times on the show uh, during the year and who now has 1.9 million followers on YouTube to his daily videos. John was just, on his latest video, he does a little thing at the end about the antigen tests because there's they're taking them every day over in the UK now and they're free over there on the NHS. They're quite cheap here and people are using them and I've seen people use them lately to see well am I am I contagious or could I be in danger or whatever. And John had this take on an antigen test just in his latest video.
12: The lateral flow test is it's not as accurate of course as as the PCR test. Of course not, but it's um the, the, the idea is it's going to be positive. That was one I did a, a couple of days ago because I've had a bit of a cold. Oh, there we go. Any, anyway, it was negative. <laughs> so, so um but the idea with these tests is that they'll show positive if there is enough virus present to cause infection. so th- th- they are they are pragmatic tests.
4: So there you go the, if you are capable of infecting somebody, uh, it'll show up as a positive. Antigen test. That's John's take on it. Public health here is slightly different. They would rather you didn't take an antigen test if you have any kind of a symptom. It's different in the UK. Make up your own mind. But if you see that single line at the top, that's clear. Even the faint. And this is Nick Flint. Said, even the faintest second line, you're in trouble, potentially in trouble. And then you go and get a PCR. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Now Saturday, or yeah, Saturday, Christmas morning. I will be across on Cork's 96th as we celebrate the festive season on Cork's 96th with our friends at Desi's Tires and Bridgestone with their four branches and their nearly 40 years in business. I'll be over there Christmas morning from 7 to 10 on Cork's 96th. If you want me to mention anybody who will be working that day or isn't able to get home or anything like that, do give us an email. Now, I need to get them to me by this evening to PJ at 96FM. I-E. And I'll give them a mention on Cork's 96 streaming around the clock, of course, right through the Christmas season. But I'll be with you Christmas morning, 7 to 10, to celebrate my favourite morning of the year, over on Cork's 96 There's money in it, you know, if you can get a good Christmas song into your repertoire. Even more if you get one or two of them. But they did a survey... Uh, you know this, These figures are a couple of years old But I guess they, they hold Because they're fairly constant And they're averaged over the time Since the song came out
2: Can we just talk
4: The Opinion Line on Cork's
2: 96FM With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group Call in person or call them now They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk CMIG.ie right,
4: That wasn't supposed to happen But since the songs come out they make a certain amount of money for the artist every year, for the band every single Christmas, and some of the biggest earners. Hold on to your hat here now. The amount of money that you can make from a good Christmas song that stands the test of time, like translate it down to euros. It's done in sterling, but translated to Paul McCartney, Banks three hundred and ten thousand euro a year from Wonderful Christmas Time, just that song three hundred and ten thousand a year from wonderful Christmas time alone. Wham George Michael, well George Michael's estate, he's dead now. George Michael's estate, three hundred and fifty thousand a year from wonderful Christmas time. That's colossal money. But that that's only the start of it. The Pogues, fairy tale in New York. Okay? Um The Pogues net. Shane, 460 grand a year for Fairy Tale of New York being played and shown on television and royalties of all kinds. 460 grand every year. It gets better again. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas Is You. She clocks in 470,000 a year. 470,000 a year. But what would you think is the song that nets the most money? The most money it's way, way, way ahead of them all. The song that nets the most money. I'll tell you about it before we finish. I couldn't believe I read it, but it's been around so long. The song that makes the most money every Christmas in royalties. What is it? eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Here's something sweet. That's the choir of Ballon Spittle School with Do You Hear What I Hear? But it's not just any performance of Do You Hear What I Hear? Because it is complete with sign language. The principal of the school is Tommy Gunning. Tommy, good morning. Tommy, good morning to you.
12: Good morning, Peter. How are you?
4: Good. It's lovely. Not only is it a lovely performance Thank you very much. but the sign language was brilliant. So how did it all come about?
12: Well, I suppose, PJ, the, the original inspiration for sign language would have, would have come from a, a past pupil, Mia, who required uh, ISL for communication, you know, and she was in that classroom. So that was where we started the whole school approach to Irish sign language, you know. Um, I suppose the inspiration for this song would have come from the class teacher, uh, Grainne Murphy, who um, would have done a lot of the work with the class, really.
4: Yeah. So they all obviously had to learn it, did they? Sorry? Peter? They, they, they all had to individually learn it, did they?
12: They did, they did. You know, Griner would have, Griner, the class teacher, would have taught the music uh, with a bit of help from another class teacher, Katie Ann. But we were very lucky that we had actually, at the time, we had a, a B.Ed ISL student, uh, Sinead, in the school Great. who was fluent in sign language. Okay so Sinead did a lot of the sign teaching with the class, you know, uh, which was excellent. you know it was really lucky or fortunate to have to have in school yeah it's, um, it's, it's,
4: you know. it's an incredible gift for anyone to learn and I, I it's they pick it up oh god that's gone the kids The kids tend to pick up sign language really quickly. I remember when when my daughter was in school there was a one of her friends was deaf and uh Gemma learned sign language from her and ended up quite good at it, actually. <laughs> but what was funny about it was that the, I was driving her to school one morning. see if seeking to get Tommy back there. Is he back on? He is. Tommy, are you there?
8: I am. Dude, I, yeah. That's good. That's good. No,
4: I was just saying to people there while we were trying to get you back on, like, it's a great skill for the kids to learn. And they can, because it's almost a universal language, they can take it anywhere.
12: Well, it is, you know. Um, I suppose it, it is like Irish Sign Language would be for Irish, you know, uh, people. You know, where you go in the world, it will differ. If you're in Cyprus, you'll learn Cyprus Sign Language, yeah. etc. You know, but it, it is a skill, and it's certainly a life skill that children will benefit from. You know, from learning in school, and it's it is it is something that is very enjoyable to learn, and it, it's a very it's a visual language, which you know is different to other languages. So it has a it has a great appeal you know for children certainly
4: yeah tell me a bit about balance pittle school it's a very small school
12: are about we we have about 200 205 pupils at the moment pj it's it's would be you know relatively you know nice size uh, rural school um i suppose we, we, we like this we 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 do take kind of a whole school approach to you know, to projects like sign language and that, you know, really, we, you know, it's, we find that this is the best approach for, um, for teaching, really, you know. Um, uh, Yep. And, you know, it's, this, this, this was a fantastic competition for us. You know, we're really appreciative of the audiological medical services for, for running the competition, you know. Yeah. Um, It was a great opportunity.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic to win that. That was so much achievement. Tell me about that competition was, I mean, there was a lot of entries,
12: yeah, from what I believe there were. I mean, they, they they shortlisted 11 schools and then they it went to a public vote, you know, which which was very exciting. The, you know, it was great kind of, you know, kind of getting all the, the, the local community and Balancpital behind and to get them involved in the voting. And, you know, it, it created great excitement in the area, you know. And from what I see, like there were four other schools in Cork, I think Padre Pio and Balancolic School Barra. Temple Breedy in, in Cross Aven and a local school here Timmy League, there were, so there were four other Cork schools that made the, the finals as well, so it made it even more exciting I suppose, you know
4: Yeah, Tommy, congratulations you're all broken up now for the Christmas and, and everybody well and hopefully a, a nice happy and healthy Christmas and a, a peaceful new year
12: Thank you very much, PJ, and happy Christmas to you too. Cheers,
4: that's Tommy Gunning, principal of Ballinspittle National School. The video is on Corkbeau, I think we may have shared it as well. It's lovely. It's a lovely song, anyway. Uh, in terms of the songs that do best and make the most books at Christmas, you probably won't guess it unless I tell you. You probably won't guess it unless I tell you. Uh, but tell you I will before we're done. Somebody was on the phone um, and Fergal has asked me to point this out. The man called us about COVID-19 symptoms and was speaking to Fergal outside. Uh, we cannot give medical advice on air. But in terms of the conversation we've had with you, sir, it would be very important that you contact a hospital or indeed a doctor. Okay. So that you know who you are. Someone rang and was talking to Fergal there in the last few minutes. With regard to symptoms, we cannot give any medical advice on the air. But it would be important that you contact either a doctor or a hospital. The song is not Shaken Stevens. No, it's not. Uh, I would have said that would be well up there, and it probably is well up there. But it's not. It's not that. I'll tell you what it is next. Actually, with all the songs, with all the Christmas songs... Very special DJ in the house on Christmas Eve. Santa, well not exactly in the house, live from the sleigh after 8 o'clock the Santa takeover on Christmas Eve on Cork's 96FM with all your favourite Christmas hits from 8 o'clock as we count down to the big day. Santa takes over live from the sleigh on Cork's 96FM. You wish Mary and Finbar Archer a happy Christmas, as they always listen to the show. So that's the real Lord Mayor, Finbar Archer. Thank you, Finbar. Happy Christmas to you and to Mary. It's not driving home for Christmas. No, it's not driving home for Christmas, Bear. No, it's not. It's a different one. Uh, quick mention for Claire, who's working at St. and in Yall on Christmas Day, currently out delivering turkeys in St. Luke's nursing home. The top ten films, I'll give you them. Before we pack it in And I will have to give you That song The song that earns An absolute fortune At Christmas Give it to you a minute
0: We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits After midday On Cork's 96FM means to me. With your local mace Friendly faces Always ready to help This Christmas
2: down, let's get down
0: We're back to the music.
2: The Courts 96 FM music panel gives you the power to pick our playlist. Click 96fm.ie now. 96fm.ie now. Just like this.
0: Take the 10-minute survey and you could win a 100-euro Just Eat voucher.
2: The power to pick what we play. Pick what we play. Let's get down, let's get down a business.
0: Join the Quartz 96FM music panel. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.
2: Or see 96FM.ie. Call us
0: now, 1850-715-996.
4: On Quartz 96FM. Yeah. Someone's got it right. Someone has that right. Yes, the song, the song which I'll play, I'll play out on it. But let's look at the movies. They did this in the BBC. They put twenty, a list of twenty-five movies into their app and asked people to vote for their best top ten Christmas. Well actually, they did top twelve Christmas movies. Shall we run down the chart? Why not? At ten. The Polar Express At nine White Christmas dating back to 1954 At eight Dating to 1994 Which I think was a remake Miracle on 34th Street At seven Dating back to 1990 National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Love Actually A big favourite Was at number six At five was Elf at four, Home Alone. Doesn't say whether it's one or two. At three, The Muppet Christmas Carol. At two, and this is the one that causes all the arguments Die Hard <laughs> Christmas Movie, number two. And the number one Christmas movie, which we've probably all seen a hundred times. And if you've never seen it, go and find it. Just. For that lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling that you get from watching a lovely movie. From 1947... What? 1947. It's older than me. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. It was a gorgeous film. Gorgeous, gorgeous film. Uh, 1947, It's a Wonderful Night. Life was voted the favourite movie of BBC viewers heading into the Christmas. And tomorrow we have a lot to do. We are in, but we're in with a difference. We're in with a difference. We've got a lot of guests, uh, catching up with guests that we had before during the year, having a bit of seasonal fun, a lot of music. If you've anyone you want us to say hello to, that is going to be away or whatever, or that you just wanted to say happy Christmas to, or thank you to. Would you like to say thank you to anybody on Christmas Eve tomorrow? Anybody that uh, did you a turn, or anybody that you haven't seen in a long time that you hope to see over Christmas? Please do give us a shout. We'll be here between nine and twelve. We'll be live in studio. With a lot of stuff that we've been recording over the last few weeks. Lots of catch uh, catch up interviews with people over the last few weeks. Like for example, catching up with Caroline Bailey to see how she is after Last Singer Standing and how she is after the accident, of course. And we'll catch up with Patrick, who won Last Singer Standing. I've been talking again with Stefan, who was on the Romanian X Factor. We'll catch up with both of our bishops, it being the spiritual day that it is. We'll catch up with both Bishop Colton and, indeed, with with Bishop Gavin. And many more besides. Tomorrow morning between 9 and 12. And... uh, Hope to have you with us on the opinion. Right, what is the song? I gave you the the other figures. Right, four hundred and ten thousand here, and three hundred and sixty thousand there, and all the ones you think. It's not "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." It's not "White Christmas" by Bing Crosby, which a lot of people would have thought. What is it? It earns approximately one point one million euro a year for Naughty Holder and Slade. We'll play out in it today. See you tomorrow for Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hold up.